Welcome to episode 24. How do I overcome imposter syndrome? Oh, imposter syndrome. And we will feel that sense of, I don't belong here. Yeah. But you do. It's just you feel like you don't. In the present, mm. it was like, you are an imposter. You shouldn't be here. And, and, and it was exhausting. The internal chatter inside of your mind yeah. is relentless. And it's an accusation that says, who do you think you are? Yeah. So imposter syndrome is an accusation to undermine your identity. If you're suffering today from that imposter syndrome, do those three things. Welcome to episode 24 of The Winning Life. My name is Gareth Morgan. I'm Leanne Morgan. And you are welcome to another conversation where we are looking at questions that we deal with every day that affect everyday life and how we can apply principles that help us to win. I love winning. Do you love winning? I'm married to somebody who likes to win. Hey, not just me. Mm. You love winning. Oh, well, I do remember we hadn't been together that long. <laughs> My mind went straight to the same place. Yeah. And, and, where and we, haven't even, we haven't and even discussed <laughs> this, people. This was... <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens. There's an internal <laughs> sinking, not sinking as in blub 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 blub, <laughs> as in like sink. So what happened? We were playing a game of Scrabble. Oh, well done! And who won? Debatable. No, 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 no. VAR. No, no. We needed VAR to come in. No, and, and it was unnecessary. I can tell you now. I was winning. You didn't like it. And you turned the table on it. You, Leanne, threw, Leanne threw the Scrabble board. In the air, and all the pieces went flying. You're remembering this slightly differently. You remember it more like a a soap opera than reality, okay? You did. It happened, and then all of a sudden there was a... (laughs) (laughs) As I flipped the board. No, I I just gently tapped it over to end the game because I just had enough, to be honest. Because she wasn't going to win. Because I was winning and you were making, and I think it was, I, I do think it was something like 2am. And that's why late. now we do the winning life, because we're winning together. Because <laughs> you it's needed me to, to win. Together. What was that an advert, wasn't it? It's good to be together. Was that BT? I think back so. Back in the day cool. when we used to use it. Back in the day. Why do you do that when you, when you do an old person? You become someone from Lancashire with a... Winsleydale. With no teeth. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so yes, we like to win. We like to win, and this is winning life. So that's why we we look for these principles because we both want to win together. Well, yes, but I'm happy to concede occasionally to allow you to win occasionally. Anyway, there's a difference. Still waiting for that first occasion, but occasionally, yeah. There is a difference between wanting to win and being so competitive. Okay. Um, and I do feel you've passed that on to our children. So today's question is: Today's question is, um, how do I overcome imposter syndrome? Oh, imposter syndrome—that's a fairly newish. Well, term. It's, I think it's—I um, think it's probably older than we realise. Is it? Yeah. I, think I mean, the condition is as old as uh, as Adam. old as creation. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But Adam, as in the Garden of Eden, not just yeah, if your I name's ma- Adam. I met Adam down the road. <laughs> Good old Adam. But it all started with him. So it's been forever there, but I think as an actual label of imposter syndrome, I've only been aware of it recently. I yeah. say recently, within the last few years. I haven't been aware of it 
a long it's, time. It's I think definitely it's increased be, yeah. in its popularity as an actual It's become popularised in probably in the last couple of years, yeah. but it's been around for several years. It yeah. has been. So maybe we should explain what yeah, an define imposter it. syndrome... I mean, it's, it's fairly self-explanatory. However, imposter syndrome... An imposter is someone who is in a place where they shouldn't be. Um, however, imposter syndrome is you're in the right place, but you feel you shouldn't be there. Like, you're the imposter. Like, going into a room of people... You're supposed to be there, but you feel like you shouldn't because of a lack of security or assurance or whatever. So you then have imposter syndrome. Have you ever suffered from this problem? Yeah, I did and have and do. <laughs> good. OK, that's a good start. So, and, and I think, you know, the, the first illustration I was sharing this recently in, a, in one of the environments I coach in. And <laughs> it was when I was invited by a friend who came along to a conference that I was running and he told me, you know, oh, I, I do what you do, but I, and I, at the time, all I, I say all I was doing, what I was doing was fully in church. And he said, I, I do what you do, but I do it in with businesses. And that intrigued me because I was really interested in business. And so I said to him, I said, oh, would you mind if I came along and watched you do your thing just as you've seen me do my thing today? And uh, he said, yeah, sure. So he invited me along to a breakfast where he was doing a seminar on communication with people from the banking industry. So I went along for this business breakfast and I felt like I shouldn't be there. Now, there was nothing externally that said I shouldn't be there. I was smart and it wasn't uniforms, so it wasn't, you know, that there was a clear uh, kind of difference. But in, in terms of how I felt, I felt like chalk and cheese, oil and water, you know, basically incompatible with that environment. But, you know, I was there for him and I wanted to learn and see. And so we, we were, uh, I was sat down and he did his thing, did a great job. And, and we were in groups and at certain points we were told to discuss. So I'm surrounded and it's like a small group with people from the banking industry. And of course, everything that's being applied is in mm. a banking context of which the only banking context I had was going in and putting money in. I was going to say, <laughs> were they talking like interest rates? Was it, what, what was it like? It was, was it more about, because it was communication, oh, it was more okay. about uh, treating customers and, and communication okay. between employees and, and building like, rapport. Right, you know, it, okay. was, it was all that kind of, it was, it's, like, it's like customer service yeah. kind of uh, essentially and reputation. Um, and so, but, but every analogy that people use of course was, was related to a banking bank, bank, context yeah. and so when it came round to me <laughs> I, I honestly it was probably the most exhausting hour of my life and it was only it was at breakfast time so I don't think I worked for the rest of the day I was so exhausted because what did you have for breakfast? Do you remember? it was a yes it was a bacon roll oh, it was go. a bacon roll Memorable. and uh, and yeah no I, I rem and to be honest and when you're in those situations you you don't feel like eating do you yeah like when you're in because a lot of this happens in around meals yeah, or events and that kind like, of thing yeah because you and feel nervous yeah. and again that imposter syndrome can make you feel that so you then don't eat even if there's like a banquet in front of you like i can't yeah I totally. can't possibly go up to the table and take food that doesn't belong to me yeah and and so i think it, it, i remember sat there thinking okay i've got to work on the answer that they want to hear not the answer that <laughs> i want that i actually should give and i think again that's where i realized wow you know I knew that something in my future was going to be in other environments, you know, in business mm. and different industries. Um, but in that moment, even though it, I could see myself in the future in that place, in the present, mm. it was like, 
you are an imposter. You shouldn't be here. And 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 it was exhausting. And I think that's a sign that I'm experiencing. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. If that's this is the first time you've heard of that phrase, then I'm sure you resonate with the the experience when internally you're like you know you're like that proverbial swan you know <laughs> uh, where on the top you're you're all you're serene all kind of like faking calm, it till you make it yeah. but in it underneath the surface you are paddling <laughs> you are your processing power is going through the floor so yeah and and yeah i left that day it was great to see what he he did and did a fantastic job and i learned lots uh, but I, I went away exhausted and, and realized, and that was my first encounter with imposter mm. syndrome. And actually, then I, the phrase, I'd never heard the phrase, but I definitely experienced it. So that's that's a really good example. And obviously, I'm sure we could all come up with examples where we've, we felt like that. I've got many, many. Well, give us one. Come on. I was going to give you a funny example. Oh, of, give us a funny one. Then. But this isn't an imposter syndrome where I was somewhere uh, where I should be. This is somewhere where we really shouldn't be, but we didn't realise Oh, it. go on then. Let's hear this. So yes. this is not... Juicy. This is... Well, no. Oh. This is not what imposter syndrome is. This is really you're in the wrong place. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember we went to the cinema some years ago? I mean, we've mm. been to cinema many times, but we went on this one occasion. I'm sure it was with you. I mean, I don't know who else. Well, how many people have <laughs> you been dating during the course of our marriage? I mean, I don't know if it was... Oh, it was you, uh, husband number three. It might have been with husband number five, I'm Adam. Pretty, <laughs> I think it was with you, <laughs> Adam. No, I'm trying to think. It wasn't with, like, one of our kids or my sister or something. No, I think it was with you. Do you remember? We were really confident. We went in to get our seats and we sat down and the film was about to start and it was just like... And then people came up and they were like, you're in our seat. And we were like, no, no, this is our seat. Do you remember this? Maybe I was with somebody else. Anyway, and they were going, no, 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 no. This is our seat. And they showed me their ticket. And I said, no, let me show you. And this was before the days of digital. So you had your little printout, you know, when you went in. Oh, yeah. I used to, yeah, whatever. And um, I showed them my ticket. And it was like, seats, H12 and 13. They were like, it can't be. We're H12 and 13. And the lady went, give me a ticket. I'm going to go and complain about this. Because they've obviously double booked us. And they really wanted these seats because it was full. And then they went out and she came back in and she went, you're in the wrong screen. <laughs> it was with you, definitely. I've completely you erased that this. from my memory. And I wanted to die with embarrassment. I was like, ha! Ah. And she said, you're in the screen next door and it's already started. <laughs> and we were like, oh, Embarrassing. Okay. And it was really bad because we were like... So we were we're true imposters. So we actually... So it wasn't a syndrome. It was, no. it was... We were imposters. I was going to say, that is not imposter syndrome that is we were in the wrong place yeah. at the right time but the wrong place so it's different to actually being somewhere where you shouldn't be imposter syndrome is you're in the right place but maybe it's just touching on the nerve of insecurity mm. maybe it's touching on the nerve of you know you're not good enough your worth all of those things and we have to learn to deal with that and i think it's something that we um will feel whether we've labeled it that or not we will feel it in any area where we're stepping out really pushing the boundaries, stepping out in faith, you know, in confidence, doing something new for the first time, entering into spheres, into environments that are alien to us or bigger than us. And we will feel that sense of, oh, I don't belong here. Yeah. But you do, it's just you feel like you don't. And all your insecurities come rushing in. I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know the lingo. I don't know the people. I don't know how to act. 
uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure what's going to be the outcome of this. Do, do I really belong here? And it, it's funny how when you're in those situations, the internal chatter inside of your mind oh, yeah. is relentless. I remember one particular occasion where I was trying to listen to what the people were saying at the front. But the whole time, my brain was going a million to the dozen. I was just chatter, chatter, chatter. You shouldn't be here. Do you look right? Are you wearing the right clothes? Oh, look, they've got this. They they know each other. You don't know anybody. Maybe this is, you know, you're in the wrong place. All of those things that I couldn't concentrate yes. on what actually was being said because in here it was so loud. Internal noise. Yeah, because I think at its heart, it's, a, it's an accusation. Yeah. And it's an accusation that says, who do you think you are yeah so it could be as simple as you know who do you think you are to go and speak to that person mm. so it can be as you know in a an everyday thing yeah. such as you know even kind of the the head of a company or head of an organization that you work for and you see yourself as you know several layers down and yeah. and and you really want to go and either encourage them or express appreciation or offer a suggestion or mm. a solution or what whatever it might be but you know the desire is there you're like i can see myself doing it but then this accusation comes in but who do you think yeah, you are yeah. that's imposter syndrome and that's that it, it happens in in kind of small ways in kind of everyday things like that but also in kind of big headlines when it comes to making transitions in our lives mm. uh, of roles. And, and, and in one sense, everyone should experience this. If you have yeah. never experienced imposter syndrome, your vision is too small. Let me say that again. If you have never experienced imposter syndrome, your vision is too small. Good. Because your vision is a picture of a future where you can see yourself, mm. which then challenges your character and how you see yourself right now to change. Yeah, you yeah. have to adapt, change, and grow to that point. So there should be a disconnect. Yeah. But we again, it all comes down with handling the emotion of that. True. And I think I get a lot of comfort from um, hearing people who've you know, achieved great things say that they felt like this on many occasions and still do i think i think if anybody has said they've never experienced it and they've gone yeah. through levels that they've either forgotten or they're lying and i do think obviously there'll be people that are naturally more confident than others and we've done a, a an episode on confidence but i'm not really even talking about confidence because i think you can be confident and still feel like yeah i'm in you know i don't deserve to be here or how on earth have i ended up in in this position I, d I just don't feel like I belong here. And it might not even be just a one-off event. It could even be a role that you've been given at work. You know, I, I don't feel like I've, you know, I wanted this job or wanted this role, hmm. but now I'm here, I'm thinking, how on earth did I land this? There are other people with more qualifications, with better CVs than me, whatever, um, but you're there. And we have to look at the places that we end up in, the good places, the opportunities that we are given. They're not haphazard they're not um random events i believe everything happens for a reason and mm. if you are stepping out in faith if you're really pushing those boundaries if you're really looking to stretch yourself opportunities will turn up and they may take you by surprise or there might be those moments where you just think wow and you're so grateful i don't know how i ended up here but i'm thankful and yes 
I feel like I shouldn't. Yes, I feel like I don't belong here, but actually they are they are God-given opportunities to be in spaces and places of influence. In every episode of the Winning Life podcast, you will hear Gareth and Leanne talk about the importance of getting a plan for your personal and professional life. That's why they have developed the MVP plan. When you develop your MVP plan, surprising opportunities and uncommon results follow. The MVP plan provides you with a clear structure to begin to see how your goals can turn into reality. Starting out with setting the goals, highlighting milestones and planning individual tasks, you'll begin to see how the MVP plan is key to experiencing the results you've always wanted to have in order to make an impact in this world. Visit thewinninglife.tv today to get access to your plan and the steps on how to use it. Absolutely. And what imposter syndrome is, is it's undermining identity. It's undermining the conviction in who you are. Mm. And so, again, the accusation to Jesus was, okay, I'll only believe, or people will only believe you if you prove yourself. Mm. Now, yes, there should be fruit as a result of our identity. And when it comes to stepping into a new role, there should be a result eventually of results and outcomes based upon competency and confidence, etc. But that's not a precursor because you have to start somewhere. Mm. You have to start based upon conviction. Everything starts in the unseen before it moves to the scene. But what happens is the enemy will always try and kill off the seed in the unseen. Because if, if he can bring an accusation, if he can undermine, if he can accuse, you know, who do you think you are to do that, say that, give that, have that, then if he can kill it in the unseen, it will never make its way to the scene, which ultimately that's where God gets the glory, when an outcome, a result, progress, growth, that's glory to God. And, and his number one objective he is hell-bent quite literally on robbing god of glory mm. so so imposter syndrome is an accusation to undermine your identity and i think the story that that has come up quite a few times for me Leanne, in uh, in recent times around this subject um, is david you know and david's a great character in the bible because of course in acts it says that david was a man after god's own heart which for me, that's success. Like if yeah. I stand before God one day, well, when I stand before God, not if I stand before God, <laughs> like, like, it, it's inevitable. Um, but, it will happen. <laughs> but, but, uh, but hopefully when I stand before God, I want to hear those words. Mm. You were a man after my own heart. That, that's not about um, achievement or accolade. I believe those things can come and are part of the picture. But ultimately, who I did it for and why I did it, like, that is the, that's yeah. the heart of it for me. And David was that character. Was he perfect? Far from it. He made umpteen mistakes. But the great thing is, again, God's grace is sufficient for us. But the 1 Samuel 17, when David has his pivotal moment, and I think anybody, whether you are a believer or not, will know the story or have heard yeah. of the story of David and Goliath. And this is the moment when he steps onto the public scene. And, and this is a moment that he should have suffered from imposter syndrome but possibly did maybe because we don't know internally absolutely but he certainly didn't allow it to to defeat him 
No, absolutely. And I think the Bible is littered with examples of people who felt that they could not do what God had called them to do. We look at Moses, we look at Gideon. Uh, Moses is a brilliant example because if you read, you know, that moment when Jesus appeared to him and asked him to go and free the, the his people from, from slavery, it's almost like, no, 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 I can't do this. I'm, I can't speak. I can't do this because, you know, my family, I can't do this because, I, you know, I'm the wrong person. And at the very end, he runs out of, of excuses and he said, can you just get someone else to do it? Because he just didn't want to. That was a classic case of imposter syndrome. Re- thinking, even though God himself is speaking to him and saying, no, I'm choosing you. Moses is like, I c- but I can't. I don't know what to say. I'm, oh, yeah. I've got, I haven't got the words. I haven't got the speech. I, you know, and so many times we feel like that. We go, oh, I can't. God, don't ask me. Like, I, I want to be used by you, but don't ask me oh. to do that, you know, because I'm not the right person. So, and through the whole of the, the Bible that happens, including with, with David, you know, where the God asks people to take on a responsibility to, to and they're huge responsibilities. Oh, Massive absolutely. things, you know, leading nations, killing giants, um, winning battles, all of those things. And people go, you, not me you can't you can't ask me I, I can't do that and God says no come on it's not oh. about you in that sense it's always about like you said bringing glory to him and I love reading how people who had amazing outcomes in the Bible suffered from this same feeling of I can't or I don't belong here or it's just little old me absolutely and <laughs> the MVP journey by the way has Moses story is like the backdrop yeah. to that. It's the pattern of Moses' calling mm-hmm. and eventually what he goes on to do, which helps reveal to us the seven stages of becoming an MVP yeah. and shedding off that NPC, you know, who am I, who are you to do this, kind of uh, uh, persona, avatar, you know, sense of identity. We yeah. need to shed that in order to step into our assignment, our mission, our destiny. And David certainly did that. When David, again, for those who don't know, just a quick uh, overview. So David was was one of a number of brothers, and he was the youngest, and he was out looking after the sheep uh, and cattle of his father, uh, Jesse, and his brothers were all on the front line in this army of the Israelites versus the Philistines. So there's this big kind of standoff between literally two like hillsides, and in the valley was this huge dude called Goliath. And often the David versus Goliath, the the imagery and the kind of symbolism of that is often used in boxing, mm. you know, uh, where, you know, they talk about you know, the reigning champion who hasn't been beaten, uh, you know, over a thousand fights and he's knocked out, uh, you know, a hundred or so people. Uh, he, he is facing a newbie challenger and they, they will pitch it David versus Goliath. So most people know kind of what this is. So yeah. Goliath is stood there and he is saying, like, who's going to come and fight me? Basically, if you beat me, then we end up being yours as, a, as a, an army. You win. But if we beat you, then you become ours. So Goliath is here and he is dictating the rules of the game. And every day the Bible says that the Israelites, including David's brothers, would rock up. They would sing songs of victory like, yeah, we're going to win. We're going to take them out. I imagine that happens on Saturdays when football matches. Oh, yeah. Those, those taunting songs of victory before you've even scored a goal. It's that kind of thing. You're like, 
ah, I mean, I don't, I'm not into football, but I guess it's... Oh, you're totally, it yeah. Riles you see it in team. cup competitions, like when a, a small non-league team turn up at like a Manchester United or something, they still go singing and in, internally thinking, mm, we're, we're probably not, we're probably so going to get hammered here. It's a bit here. bravado, but actually it, yeah, it, it works. Yeah. Intimidation. Absolutely. And I guess there's a, there's a slight <laughs> hope that we're going to bring about an upset here, and which of course is the David killing Goliath kind of story. But David rocks up and although they've been singing songs of victory, internally they were scared. Mm. None of the Israelites could see themselves taking on Goliath and winning. Yeah. And that's really important because you can keep coming to the same challenge each day, like the Israelites, and, and feel like, I can't get past this challenge. And people often talk about, what's, what's your Goliath? What's your giant? In other words, what's the <coughs> repeating pattern that you can't seem to break through. And usually we can't break through that pattern is because we can't see ourselves doing it. Yeah, yeah, true. So again, we, 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 that imposter syndrome has dominated us. We mm. are dominated by our current version of ourselves, and we don't have confidence in the version of ourselves that is attached to our assignment. And of course, if you believe that God has an assignment for you as we do, then, of course, that's where our authority is. Mm. But the story of David and Goliath is David rocks up, and when he rocks up... Rocks up. Rocks up, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. That's a good uh, pun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. stones. Because the stones that he uses to kill Goliath. Up. I, I thought I said something wrong then. <laughs> no, that was funny. Sorry. <laughs> Usually when Leanne intended. says that to me when I'm communicating, it's something I say innocently, <laughs> which is highly inappropriate. <laughs> and so I'm like thinking, oh, my word, rocks up. Like, is that a new phrase for something David dodgy? David rocks up with his stones. Sorry, David I just rocks thought up it with was funny. Stones. Sorry, Boom. carry on. Yeah, absolutely. So David rocks up and, and uh, his brothers literally say to him, and what, what David's brothers say to him is imposter syn- is literally an external version of imposter syndrome. And in fact, your imposter syndrome may have been enhanced by what people have said to mm. you. Maybe your family, when you've shared a dream, you've sh- shared a desire to go and get extra education or to get a, a certain job or to go for a certain, um, you know, an aspiration that you have then maybe their response has kind of undermined mm. that and, and it's got you thinking like, oh yeah, who do I think I am? Yeah. Well, this is what it says. It says that when he turns up, um, Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men and he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few <laughs> sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch the battle. Hmm. I mean, in there, there's so much. And we haven't got time to unpack all of that. But essentially, he undermines his identity by saying, right now, you're a shepherd. And let's face it, you're not doing a great job at that. Even though, factually, he had. Because we read <coughs> yeah. that he went and he killed off a lion, he killed off a bear to protect the sheep. But those few sheep, you know, literally, yeah. get, get back to your, get back to your, your little your job. Little job. Yeah. Get back you're to your nothing. little role. You're, you're nothing. And and not only that, I'm 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 undermining your motivation mm. why have you come here you've got you've got the wrong motive you you just you want to watch you want to be you want to be famous you want to be somebody and you're a nobody so all of these things happened to david but the amazing thing is david broke through it because he had when something comes to undermine that assignment and that vision it's all about in that moment who has the final word yeah yeah yeah, it's so true because I think we give other people and our own thoughts the final word when actually 
It needs to be God and what he has said. And if you don't know what God has said, go and find out what God has said. Because sometimes you might be in a situation where actually it's not a case of you're too small or too insignificant to be there, but it might not be the right environment for you. Or actually, no, God has called me to be here. This is a divine appointment. But we need to know what God has said in order to stand on that. Otherwise, we go back to our feelings or the chatter in our minds and go, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be here. Absolutely. Maybe I, this, I feel like this because it's confirming what I, what you know, what I already thought. So actually, we need to know what God's word is. Because th- again, faith comes by hearing, mm. and hearing the, the word, word of God. Yeah. And faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. Mm. So in that moment, imposter syndrome feels very real. The only way to overcome that is faith. Is being sure. Like, no, this is what I know that 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 I know is true. And that's the authority that I come in. And of course, again, we could spend a lot of time in this story. I encourage you to go read it Mm. in 1 Samuel 17. But the, the, the end of it is that David ultimately pushes past this imposter syndrome that is imposed upon him. And he steps before Goliath and he says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Mm -hmm. And he goes on. And essentially, he steps out in the authority of who God is and therefore who he is and authority followed. uh, So authority is a belief in who you are but then action is what unleashes the power so when i act on that authority i disempower imposter syndrome and i release the power which ultimately is what the enemy is scared of i release the power attached to that authority Mm. you know a policeman could have his uniform in his house along with his badge um and he so he has the authority but it's only when he gets dressed in that authority and steps out mm. and intervenes in a situation that that authority turns into power. And so that's what we have to come back to, which is, you know, it comes down to whose authority am I doing this in? In other words, who am I ultimately going to believe? Yeah. Who has the final word? Is it the accusers? Is it the, the voice that's saying, who do you think you are? Or do I have a greater authority, which for us is, is God? That's the authority. And then what's also key here, again, David says, you know, it's the mission. I come in the name of the Lord Almighty and God is going to deliver you into my hands today. He was clear on his mission. Mm. And again, the MVP journey, Leanne, is all about this. It's about you understanding the authority of who you are, how you can turn that into daily power, and then also the power of mission knowing that ultimately this i don't even have a choice in one sense to allow imposter syndrome to dominate me because the mission says i have to do something here i have to step up to the plate so i think david really teaches us how we can overcome imposter syndrome that definitely ignoring the voices around you being sure of the word that's been spoken to and acting in faith they're the kind of three things that we can do if you're suffering today from that imposter syndrome do those three things you know ignore the voices around you and the voices in your head um, that are telling you you know that you can't do it 
go on God's word and act in faith and you will be surprised at the environments and the spaces that you end up in, the conversations that you become a part of because you realize who you are. When you belong to God, you are an ambassador of the kingdom. You will be taken to places and spaces that you could have only dreamt of. But that only comes when we step out in faith and we shake off that imposter syndrome and realize that we are part of an army that needs to take back stuff for God. So go and go yeah. and enjoy that today. And be enjoy encouraged because yeah. the fact that you have imposter syndrome shows that you're pushing the boundaries. It, exactly. And, you know, it's important, like we were saying, go and write down what God has said. Mm. Go and write down the vision. Make it obvious to yourself so that when you go into these places and the voices go, mm, you shouldn't be here, just little old you you read that and you go no this actually isn't about me it's where god has taken me yeah you're an mvp and you are chosen and it's about engaging with the journey and so thank you for joining us today there's more in you than you think and until next time take care bye for now we hope that you enjoyed that episode and if you enjoyed it please go and subscribe over on all of our channels on youtube instagram and facebook and not forgetting your favorite podcast platform and if you head over to the winninglife.tv you'll be able to find all the resources available to you gareth has written several books which will help you on your discovery to building stronger and better lives come and join us for the next episode